Good afternoon, this is Gary Kavner here on TRSI. Today is Sunday, it is the 28th of the 11th. I am not joined today by my friend and colleague Michael Dwyer, who is still away. However, I am joined by someone who fans of the show who have been with us for a while will recognise. The ever-delightful and uncontroversial Paddy Manning. Thank you, Gary. Lovely to be called delightful, and of course I never generate controversy. Well, not since you've been banned from all forms of social media. I am not banned from Facebook. I'm just regularly suspended. So, for today, I wanted to touch on the Mark Humphreys issue. The Mark Humphreys, of course, being the DCU academic who's had people calling for the loss of his job. And also to discuss very briefly, because that's all really it justifies, The Green Party Conference, which I forced myself to pay attention to. Courage and stoicism. I mean, I can't imagine anybody listening to a Zoom version of a Green Party Conference. So, Mark Humphreys. Mark Humphreys, uh, for those who don't know, is an academic in DC. I believe he teaches computer science, Cambridge educated, and not very involved in politics, but has been writing about politics for years on a private blog. He's been very involved with the defense of free speech. He's a big supporter of Israel, atheism and religion. Can I insert at this point for the record that I consider Mark Humphreys a friend? Um, We've had dinner together a couple of times, and when Twitter pulled my account largely for annoying Irish journalists, Mark resolutely and vigorously defended my right to free speech. So I have, in a a sense, somewhat a slight skin in the game, but my opinions on this go a little further than that. Mark has been pilloried for a couple of things on his blog. One of the things was describing uh, the late Floyd as a, a violent career criminal. This is perfectly accurate. Floyd was a violent career criminal. Uh, he, uh, he also said that uh, he had effectively killed himself with a fentanyl overdose. This is also true, but it doesn't matter. The truth of these issues is not what's at dispute here. It's Mark's right to talk about them. And what we're seeing with the students and the outside groups of DCU is a concerted effort to put some opinions beyond the pale. If you're involved in academia, if you have a job in, in fact, anywhere, and there are certain things you say which contravene the left's narrative, you will be pilloried and your job will be taken. This isn't about Mark. This isn't about anything he said. This is a, this is hanging an admiral to teach the others a lesson. I, w- I was waiting for the point where the new generation ran into Mark Humphreys, because I suspected it was going to end like this, because Humphreys has been a, a feature of Ireland and Irish politics for a while. Never in any sort of major sense. You'd never be known to anyone who wasn't interested in politics, but if you're interested in politics, uh, particularly if you're interested in anything to do with Islam, you would be aware of Mark. You'd be aware of Mark for for one really good reason. Mark's a great researcher. Mark does his homework and he produces the information. His blog markhumphreys.com is required reading for anybody with a vestigial interest in Irish politics and where we're going because it's full of information. It's full of, when I say information I mean Mark pulls up videos of the spiritual director of the Klonsky Mosque discussing how homosexuals are to be killed. Not disputing that they should be killed, just how do they do it Quranically? And the, the debate largely leaned away from burning us because that was on Quranic. But shooting us, knocking a wall on us or stoning us seemed like a good idea. We interviewed Mark Humphreys on this show, I think about two or three years ago at this point. I think it was about two hours long and it was a fascinating interview. The one thing it really brought across about Mark, that regardless of his opinions, I very much admire Mark's willingness to say something that he knows is going to be incredibly unpopular because Mark believes it. And because Mark believes it, he's going to say it. And I would have to point out that 
when Mark is saying something he believes, Mark can defend it by pointing to relevant facts, information, documentation, video evidence. Mark doesn't come out uh, sort of screaming wildly, just stuff that occurs to him. Mark's a researcher, he's an academic. But that's beside the point in a sense. Mark's qualities won't, you know, the people that are going after Mark, his qualities will not appeal to them. This isn't singly about Mark. This is about teaching academia, that you can't, there are things you can't say, things you can't think. And if you can't do it in academia, you can't do it anywhere. I think part of it is that, and part of it is, Mark has made a significant amount of enemies over the years. And some of those people are using that this as an opportunity to get the boot in. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's the case in this particular instance, but Mark said a lot of things about Ibrahim Halawi. And I noticed that that was one of the faces at the recent protest against Mark in DCU. I think Mark was outspoken, honest, and very correct in a lot of what he said, but the correctness isn't his issue. Uh, Ibrahim Halawi is now getting his revenge, isn't he? I don't know. That, that's a question about the intent of Ibrahim Halawi. And that would be unfair since I have I have no I have no window into men's souls uh, as Queen Elizabeth said I can't I can't know what his intent is I I just wonder why Ibrahim Halawa has become a figure here it, it, it puzzles me one thing I, I do think was noting students are going to say stupid things students are also going to call for uh, people to be sacked that just seems like a, a just a pretty consistent facet of modern life what I thought was interesting was DCU's statement about it because on one hand DCU's statement supported Mark Humphreys. But on the other hand, it also said that his views were rejected by staff and by students. Uh, What I found strange about the DCU statement was the level of collectivism in it. It spoke for everybody. It, It didn't speak just for the university itself. It spoke on the views of staff and students. How do they do this? How do you know? Is, is there no diversity of views in the university? Once you cross that door, do all your views reflect the exact woke views of some 17-year-old fresh person? So what the exact DCU quote was the said the Mark Humphrey's comments were made in a personal capacity. We understand and acknowledge people may find part of what he said offensive. We're deeply committed to equality, diversity and inclusion. The university does not endorse any of the viewpoints expressed in this blog and they do not reflect the views of the university, its staff or student body, which I don't think they have any way of knowing. Not in the least. The best they could say that Mark Humphreys, what they should have said, is Mark Humphreys is a respected tenured professor at this college, and he's entitled to his views. Go away, you silly little people. What I will mention here is, if DCU are actually so committed to promoting equality, diversity and inclusion, you would suspect there might be questions made about their uh, campuses and links to, let's say, China or Saudi Arabia. Gary, 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 that's not what diversity and inclusion mean. Diversity means that we all have the one opinion and it's on the left. Inclusion means we include people in photographs, but we don't discuss horrible things like China's treatment of its Uyghur population. That's that's just wrong, and that would be anti-Chinese and possibly helping Donald Trump or somebody like that. That reminds me of the incident in 2006 when uh, in Iran, in the city of Mashhud, two young, there were adolescents, they would have been sort of somewhere around 16 by the photographs, were hung by strangulation, hanging for being gay. And gay, the gay platforms, the, the dating apps, all of those, refused to do anything. You couldn't post anything on your profile about it because the American owners had all decided at the time that this would help George Bush. This was anti-Iran uh, propaganda. 
and you couldn't do anything about it. So they came up with a simple solution of saying that no politics. So if you posted anything on, on your profile, you were told, you, you got a notice that your profile had been uh, either suspended or edited because there was a, a platform-wide uh, policy of no politics. So very strangely, a couple of years later, you were allowed to have politics if you went for, if once it was the politics that suited the owners, if it was something like same-sex marriage or advocating for the Democratic Party in America. That was allowed. But advocating that, that something should be done about utterly brutal execution of what were effectively two children uh, was not allowed. Politics only happens in one direction. When they say diversity, they don't... It, it's a Humpty Dumpty word. It means just what they say, what they want it to mean. I think the hypocrisy is probably the worst part. If they just said, we don't care, we will do literally anything for money, that's fine. That's a consistent moral stance. But that would be that would, that would would hurt their little heads because that would be to, to say that their morals were low. And these are people who... Want to go home and believe that they're they are the lovely people. They are the ones with the high moral ground. That's very easy when you're the sort of person who says that you are a good person if you say good things without having to actually do the good things. You don't have to do yeah. And of course, fundamentally here, what we're seeing is the crushing of free speech because free speech is, in the eyes of most of these people, a really really bad idea. Mark Humphreys is being pilloried for his political views. And what they're saying, what the people who are doing it believe that Mark Humphrey's views, my views, your effectively your views, I think, on a lot of issues, should not have public platforms, should not have space, and people holding them should not have contact with students or others. And there was one lovely tweet from a gentleman who said that it made him sick to his stomach to see uh, that somebody with these views had contact with students. This is the sort of guff that they give out. Now, it's perfectly all right if you believe that... Um, Marx was right, Stalin did a reasonably good job, communism works, then you can have contact with students. That's fine. I mean, I would agree with Mark on certain of his views. Others, I would be very, very deep disagreement with him. I mean, Mark is probably Ireland's only neoconservative. Which I dis- on which we disagree entirely. I can, I, the great thing with Mark is you can disagree with him, you can argue with him. He doesn't take a huff. He doesn't run around ha- asking to have you censored because you disagree with him. No, I remember when we interviewed him, uh, we asked, like some, particularly about the Iraqi war, which he had been a, a big supporter of, and he was perfectly happy to take some quite frank questions and just go, well, this is what I, I think about it. On, If I remember rightly, Mark's, Mark's belief is that the Iraqis blew their opportunity for democracy. I believe the exact I believe the exact phrase used was Iraq failed because we underestimated the willingness of the Iraqi people to disgrace themselves. Yeah. Which I, I remember hearing during the interview just being a sort of a oof, that's a that's a line. But again, Mark will de- if you want to debate that with Mark, he will debate it with facts, figures, with relevant incidents. Uh, why he, he Mark will have a reason why he formed this belief and he's willing to defend it. Now, the current state of play is that, and I find this utterly unsurprising, is Humphreys has not apologised. He said he's not going to apologise. And more than that, he is going to initiate legal proceedings for defamation against at least some of the people who said things like that he was racist. I think there may be a teaching moment here. Uh, There are people on the left who believe that the standard thing that you say to open a conversation 
about somebody on the someone on the right. Oh, they are racist homophobes. I, to be honest, I'm of two minds on this. I'm on of two minds for this point. I have gotten quite used to people saying things about me and people I know that are in no way related to truth, and that I suspect oftentimes they're saying not because they actually believe them, but because they are damaging. And they are intended to delegitimize people I know or myself or just particular worldviews. I'm lucky, Gary. Nobody has ever said anything bad about me in print or media or on social media. I, I live in a charmed world. Absolutely, Barry. Oh, you can only imagine the horror I feel. I, 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 I can't even, <laughs> Barry. I, I just can't. Too much. And on, on that point, the idea of these people being taught a very short, sure, heavy financial lesson is something that very much appeals to me. But the other hand is this. The Irish defamation laws are so horrendous and the penalties so high that I am very reticent to support anyone being sued for defamation because it's not simply a system in which you get to show that someone said something was damaging about you. It's a system where if you win, you are going to deal incredible levels of financial damage to that person that will generally be totally disproportionate to what was alleged. I have a particular interest in this, and I would have to say some of the things that are said, it's not disproportionate. I know, but the idea of of, a general member of the public or a student or someone like that ending up in one of these cases, losing and suddenly owing 100,000 in legal fees, I think you can argue there is a legitimate expectation that the current system is chilling to speech and that any sort of defamation action therefore plays into that. So I, I'm very hesitant to support. It is, it is. And there needs to be there needs to be a more reasonable approach. However, when stupid, vile, malicious people say horrible, disgusting things in the belief that they simply can destroy someone's reputation and get away with it. There's nothing wrong with giving them a good, hard, sharp lesson. I mean, personally, I can certainly see the appeal. It would be incredibly edifying for me to see some of these people brought low. I think when you describe someone as a racist, that has serious intent. And I think the people who described Mark Humphreys as racist deserve anything that happens to them in the courts. What I find hilarious is the people who say this would also be the exact same people who propose hate uh, hate speech laws. I distinctly remember getting a 30-day ban from Facebook for pointing out that at the anti-free speech protest outside the Dáil, when there was a free speech, it was the counter-protest, there was a free speech protest on. One of the attendees at the anti-protest was Ibrahim Alawa's father. I got a 30-day ban for pointing that out. I remain just shocked you have any social media accounts left at all. On the basis that social media is dominated by companies who want us corralled, censored and silenced. Yes, it's it's rather odd. Well, I think there's going to be some interesting outcomes. Does this mean that, say, Ivana Bacic will be silenced? I mean, she holds political views. They're offensive to a lot of people. So do we get to silence Havana and the same rule as silence as Mark? No, I think we all recognise that uh, that rule would not be applied. Of course not, because there's no standardisation of rules. The rules are different for the left. That lecture in Minute uh, with his indescribably awful housing policy, Rory, Rory Hearn, that's right, um, is he going to be silenced for spreading a housing policy which will unhouse, impoverish and make worse the crisis? 
Of course not. No, of course not. He won't be. Uh, this is about silencing. Effectively, this is the same as... Uh, this is a, is a form of a hate speech law. It is designed to put certain parts of the discussion beyond reach. There are certain things you can't say, certain narratives you can't question. That's what this is about. It's not personally about Mark at all. Mark just happens to be a target in the war. They should have considered the personal aspect of this before they did it. Because, yes, you can find material on Mark's blog where he talks about politics very frankly and in ways that not everyone is going to agree with. And you can try and make them a problem. But the problem is that Mark was never going to apologise because Mark knows that apologising is just giving them a weapon that can be used against him. And I am utterly unsurprised that he would say, actually, I'm just going to start suing people now. Because you want someone who is on your side, kind of, who feels a need to apologise to you and to make recompense. Mark Humphreys was never going to care. And he was always a terrible target on that basis because he's just going to start punching you. And it's exactly what's happened. And had they known slightly more about this, they would have realised that. I said that it wasn't personal about Mark. But of course, in many ways it is. They're coming after Mark's job and Mark's life. And it's worth pointing out that Mark is also one of the most approachable and nicest people I know. You can sit down with Mark and talk to him. He will, If you have an issue with his politics, he will discuss it. He will point you to the facts as he sees them. Mark is actually one of the nice guys. Mark is a very bright, very well-educated man and a superb communicator. I can imagine that he's a very, very valuable professor in DCU. DCU have gone quiet, by the way. I tried to get them to comment on this. And uh, I particularly asked them about their statement and if they thought releasing a statement which explicitly said his views were rejected was likely to increase the pressure on Mark. And they just said, this is under review. We're not... uh, we're not commenting on it. I, I'm always puzzled by this thing that his views were rejected or they speak for. That always reminds me of the, the whole gay thing where you have activists who claim I had one on a radio discussion one night who told me that uh, he spoke for gay people. DCU have taken onto themselves the right to speak for every student. They've taken onto themselves the right to speak for all the faculty. That they know the views. The views are this. That is a speciality of Irish NGOs and civic institutions. It's like the National Women Council. I would be. The National Women's Council has member organizations and it counts the members of those organizations as members of the National Women's Council. But if you look at direct members, there's basically no one in the National Women's Council. The ICCL is the same. The ICCL has basically no members. Oh, the Irish Council for Civil Liberties that's against civil liberties. They're, they're the one. I mean, the, the, the National Women's Council is a joke. It's uh, two feminist activists in a room. The uh, Irish Council for Civil Liberties is probably worse in a sense because it contains civil liberties in the title where at the same time campaigning vigorously or as vigorously as its effete members can to uh, limit our civil liberties. I think actually the worst thing about the ICCL is occasionally the ICCL will do the right thing and it always gives you that brief moment of hope of you know maybe they're going to turn this ship around and then no it never happens. No they're not. Uh, They've been well captured they're utterly woke Uh, the only way that that ship would turn around is fire the current board and restart the game. That's not going to happen. Don't think there's going to be any action against Mark Humphreys because... I think legally that would be very difficult. Yeah, I I think there would be problems and frankly I don't think he's done anything to justify. I also noticed that some of the claims being made against him seemed on the face of it to be untrue, but I would argue some of them were so clearly untrue that they would cross into a lie, into actual maliciousness. Oh dear, 
And that would mean the person uttering them might find themselves in a court case. My little heart bleeds for them. I'm looking forward to uh, there being an outcome from this that the instigators did not expect, which is that Mark Humphreys keeps his job and some of their people pay large amounts of damages to Mark Humphreys. I suppose if I looked at them, but I don't, if I looked at them, I would probably find the same people who described me as a homophobe and various other actionable things at various times. But, you know, I, I'm sure they didn't. They wouldn't be people like that at all. They're the nice ones. There is, there was a surprising amount of people on social media, and I thought this was a really interesting thing to note. Particularly some younger people, but some older people who I would say five years ago didn't hold this view, who would make, who would respond to like DC's statement or just talk about Humphreys in general, and would say things like, if you employ a racist, then you are by extension racist. Putting aside the, the fact that nothing has been shown to that Mark Humphreys, to indicate Mark Humphreys is a racist. But that principle, that if you employ someone with political views, you support those political views, is utterly incoherent. I mean, in certain cases, in certain jobs where they work to promote those views, yes. It's also worth pointing out that Mark Humphreys has never, ever mixed work with these political views. He goes in to work, lectures and teaches, and that's it. This notion that that you that your political views are part of your work, quite shocking. It's totalitarian. And what we need here, what we really need to come out of this, is a free speech amendment to the Irish Constitution. A vigorous, strong protection of free speech written into the Constitution. Something that stops our silly politicians coming up with hate, hate speech laws. Something that stops uh, government restricting what we can say. Because government-mandated speech is a really bad idea. Universally mandated speech is just as bad an idea. Of course, you see, there's a correspondence here, isn't there? Mark's uh, troubles about his politics are because there's certain things you can't say. We repeatedly have seen calls for anybody questioning the Green Party's agenda to be silenced. You know, climate deniers are to be silenced. So anybody that questions whether it's economical to go after the massive programs the Green Party goes after can be labelled a climate denier and silenced. Disagreement with the Green Party is verboten. You, you will not be allowed to do it. I tried to submit FOIs to RTE because of their involvement with covering Climate Now, the Climate Advocacy Group, about their editorial standards on climate change and what they would and wouldn't include and how interfaced they were with covering Climate Now. They refused to give them to me. I had to go to the IOC. They've accepted the case. We're going to get a result on that shortly. But I would be very much of the opinion that if the IOC finds in my favour, Orti are going to bring that through the courts to whatever level they need to, because Orti do not like revealing this sort of thing. So what you're telling me is that Orti refused to say what their editorial policy is on climate change issues, and they have signed up to an international charter which commits them. Well, not a charter as such. So... That would make things a little bit less ambiguous. But a group which aims to transform the media and ensure it is covering climate correctly... The way to cover climate correctly is to cover it from all angles, to question everything. That's what they should... That is the correct way media operates. Anything else is merely propaganda. Paddy, I've got to tell you, that's a very old-fashioned idea of media. And not one RTE adheres to. RTE told me that um, when I tried to FOI anything they did with covering climate now, that it was so clearly outside the bounds of the FOI Act that they wouldn't even give me a listing of the documents they had considered giving to me. So they didn't even look. They just said, this is so clearly information we're not going to give you that there's not even a list of the information. You're just not getting it. I did better with the prison service uh, back a couple of years ago. They did actually point to me where the relevant areas might be. One fun thing I've noticed about FOI acts in Ireland, 
uh, or FOI request, is you send it into the FOI office, and then they give it to the people who would know most, who are generally the people who would look the worst if anything was found. And in many instances, there seems to be no oversight of that if those people come back and said, yeah, well, there's absolutely nothing incriminating here. And people think that, yes, minister was made 35 years ago. Yes, ministers still, I mean, you can see Bernard doing it. Uh, uh, you can see the conversation between Sir Humphrey and Jim Hacker, can't you? Just on that, the Green Party leader was interviewed last night. Um, or gee, I hate it by accident. It wasn't something I had intended to hear. Uh, Saturday nights are not meant for that sort of thing. But in this particular case, he was the one of the questions was, but Eamon Ryan, in a time of climate crisis, and climate crisis is pronounced with the sort of reverence that a curate once gave a, a cardinal. There isn't a climate crisis. This is an acquiescence to Green Party propaganda at the worst. He's actually being asked to justify his role in government against the measurement of Green Party propaganda. That's shocking. Erdi is the national broadcaster. People are forced. I'm not because I refuse to. But people are being forced to pay for this propaganda. I forgot. I've forgotten how uh, how much you enjoyed the Green Party. I I think of all my pet hates. The Green Party are the ones that I loathe the most, and because I know what they are. Most people think the Green Party is sort of slightly cuddly, furry green bunnies. The Green Party are Nazis. They're eco Nazis. They will starve you and cold you to death, and they will do it for your own sake. They're C.S. Lewis's uh, dictatorship of the benevolent. They will never stop. And people who vote Green Party because they see them as something slightly harmless, something slightly nice, and don't we all like to recycle? That is not what the Green Party are. The Green Party are people who will mandate by violence because they will use the state to stop you having heat in your home, to stop you having light, to stop you having food. The Green Party are committed to an agenda which impoverishes and in many cases starves vast areas of the world. They will impoverish you here in Ireland, and they will do it for your own good. Right now, we're facing into rolling blackouts. For the last couple of winters, that's been a possibility, very likely going to happen this year. And that is absolutely down to green ideas, to cutting off pieces of the electricity generation and upping the amount of pressure on the grid. Yeah, we may not see it this year, but if the current trends continue to, to worsen at the rate they are, it's pretty much inevitable at some point. Yeah, it is inevitable. The graph of electricity demand is going to cross the, gra the graph of available generation. Not of the time we're relying on the interconnector to bring in uh, electricity. And it only needs a bad day in Britain. You get the wrong combination of things and yeah, you're absolutely going to have a problem. So on the subject of the Green Conference, there was one thing I just wanted to mention that I thought was particularly interesting. And it was they were talking about the retrofit scheme. So the retrofit scheme is a big issue because obviously they've agreed with carbon taxes. They've agreed to increasing the cost of fuel, anything that would heat your house. They're making the fuel to heat your house un un unaffordable. Look at the price of briquettes at the moment. Thank you, Green Party. And we saw in one of the recent Green Party submissions to government that they openly said that increasing the price of a particular a fuel with a uh, obligation on non-renewable fuels would be good as it was more like it was going to incentivize people to switch over to greener types of heating. So the retrofitting is going to be a big deal because if they're going to increase the price of energy to try and get you to change, well, that's going to push up your cost of living unless you change. But the grants that are there aren't going to cover it. 
and there are loans, but that requires you to take out a loan. So they were talking about what they were going to do to make this more popular. And they said they're going to increase the grants and they're going to lower the cost of the loans. How does he lower the cost of the loans? Well, I don't know, but even saying it would seem to indicate that you still expect the public to take out loans to do this. Unnecessary loans. We've been forced to take out loans to change our houses because the Green Party have power. I just don't see that as a winning election issue of we've made your heating unaffordable so you'll take out 50,000 in loans. Ryan, Ryan was in particularly arrogant mode in, in his speech. He said of that the commitment to reduce uh, to the 50% reduction in carbon output was uh, not by 2030 was non-negotiable. You kind of want to say, actually, Evan, you won't be negotiating it. By 2030, you will be a footnote in history. After the next election, your party will be a footnote in history. But he genuinely believes that he's in government for the next whenever, that he can dictate to the rest of the country that we don't have the electoral right to remove him or his sympathisers in other parties. Well, Paddy, if you were Eamon Ryan right now, why wouldn't you feel like that? For you've had years of nothing but net. Like, Michal Martin is the person who's meant to be controlling you. Martin, Michal Martin can't even control his civil servants. Michal Martin, the man that can... Michal Martin, the man that can bully his backbenchers, but can't control his coalition allies. He's incredible. Eamon Ryan, if you were a Green Party voter and you fully believed in the Green Party uh, programme, I don't see why you would have any issue with what the Green Party has done. They have performed fantastically. Gary, be fair. For a committed Green Party member, there are some issues. Uh, they've still allowed people to have children. They've still allowed meat to be eaten. Um, there is still coal being transported in this country with fossil fuel. The committed Green Party member, the real, the real ones, believe that that should be stopped now. But old people will die of the cold. Yes, they will, will be the chilling answer. Green Party members are monsters. I've forgotten how much I enjoyed having you around, Paddy. Because I'm very careful about what I say about people, even when I'm unpleasant about them. I think that's a suboptimal policy, and all I can hear is, they're Nazis and we should hang them. I did not say they were Nazis. Oh, I did actually. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, I did say they were Nazis. I did not say that we should hang them. I did say that anybody voting for the Green Party should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves. Yeah, but that's in the same line as people who say the housing crisis is terrible, but then put in planning objections against attempts to build in their area should feel horrible. They should, but they're not going to. No, they're not. Like, the housing crisis is completely a product of government intervention. The housing crisis is produced by the government. And then we have politicians who produce it telling us that they're going to solve it by giving us more government. Try and build a house in Ireland. You're forced to build a Rolls-Royce house if you can build a house at all. And then there's the government policy, the, 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 the Stalinist policy of deciding where we should live. We are apparently not allowed to live in country areas anymore. We are to be herded towards the urban centres. Planning is not to be allowed any further. And of course, that's fantastically regressive and discriminatory. Because, of course, the rich can always afford to buy a house knocker and do something with us in a country area. It's the less, the, the middle of the road and poor who can't. So what we're having at the moment is the Green Party, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, and their allies in urban planning, are confining country living to the rich feudal. I think it's an 1800s 
15th century idea, isn't it? You can have your mansion, but you can have nothing else. But that was the Green Party conference. It was a delight. They are riding high. They are feeling in control. They are feeling in control. How high are they riding in the polls, Gary? Where do you see them going uh, in the in the election? Well, the Green Party goes through cycles of uh, destruction and rebirth. Actually, what it goes through are cycles of power and amnesia. Power from them and then amnesia from the electorate that they were so god-awful when they were in government. I think the last poll shows the Green Party up to 5%. That's shocking. 5% of Irish people would vote for these creeps. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Goes back to Churchill. The only, uh, the best argument against democracy is five minutes talk with the average conversation with the average voter. Hey, there's always the Omicron variant. A new thriller from Michael Crichton. It does sound science fiction, doesn't it? The Omicron variant. I see that we jumped the uh, the new and Z variant names. Well, the problem with the Z ver- the Chi variant is that it's it's the Greek letter Chi, which, by the way, of course, is the first letter of the Chi row. Uh, if you remember the Book of Kells, uh, the great page is the Chi row, the, uh, the the symbol of Christ. However, because it's written as an X, it was going to look suspiciously like. The name of the Chinese tyrant. Yes, I, I have seen officials from the WHO anonymously quoted as saying that the new variant was skipped because of the confusion with the word new, which seems okay. And the uh, Chi variant was skipped out of a desire to avoid embarrassing a region. A region. A region. China is now a region. Well, of course, WHO, the World Health Organization, Sponsored by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, it would have been terribly embarrassing to have disease disease called disease disease, wouldn't it? Um, that would hurt President Z, the Chinese tyrant. Uh, we'd probably skip the next one, by the way, as well. Omicron Pi is the next one. We can't have the Pi variant, can we? It sounds altogether too much fun. <laughs> so your your theory of the naming conventions of the WHO is pick it as long as it's not politically embarrassing? Or makes it sound amusing. Yes, I think so. I don't think we'll have a pie variant. Anyway, Omicron uh, has been detected in, I think, most of the tests surrounding Johannesburg. And there's a theory that it might have been a single spreader event. Um, they're not sure yet. It has turned up in a couple of European cities, uh, which in, nowadays makes absolute sense given the transport links. So there's a desperate attempt worldwide to limit contact with South Africa. That's a delaying tactic, that's all it is. If this is a more spreadable version of the disease, then it'll spread. Bugger all can be done without it. About it. On that heartwarming and uh, fear-reducing statement, I think we will end for the day, Paddy, and we should be back on Wednesday. Thank you, Gary. All the best.